Merry Christmas. Welcome to today's reading for December the 23rd, Zechariah chapter 4 to chapter 5, verse 11. 365 daily devotional. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, great is thy faithfulness, great is thy mercy. Thank you, Lord God in the heavens. We praise you and we thank you, Father, for designing all this. Thank you for the wisdom and creating the atmosphere and creating us, Lord. Thank you for your creation. We are it. Your workmanship is amazing, Lord. We love you and we praise you and thank you for your design. We say yes, yes, yes. Yes to your promises. Yes to your glory. Yes to your honor, Lord. Be it unto us according to thy word, Lord. Be it unto us, Lord. We are rich in thy harvest, Lord God, of thy words. In the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Today's reading, uh, God has charged Zerubbabel with rebuilding God's temple, but apparently Zerubbabel had lost heart. Enemies of the Jewish people opposed their work, and finally, with a shadow of strength, they forced the Jews to stop building. The temple remained incomplete. But God had a message for Zerubbabel. It is not by force, nor by strength, nor by my spirit, Zerubbabel needed to reorient himself reorient. He and the people had gone so focused on the strength and force displayed by their enemies that they lost sight of God's Spirit. Many people believe that to survive in this world, a person must match forces with force, spectacle with spectacle. But God says otherwise. It's by His Spirit and small beginnings that the works get done. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. God is not asking you to achieve greatness or change the world. God is calling you to live by His Spirit and take small steps. God's goal is that you will continue to build on the foundations He laid in Christ so that you will become a temple fit for the Spirit of the living God. 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20. Amen, amen. It is not by force nor by strength, for by my spirit, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, but I believe I already read this. Have we done the 23rd already? I think we have. Isn't that amazing? I'm getting to a point that I don't, I don't remember. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It is a glory and an honor to be here with you. Yep. All this seems familiar. It's not by faith, not by sight, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Huh, no, I don't have it. I must have studied it. I have the 22nd. Isn't that cool? We can keep going. All right. Let us begin with Zechariah chapter 4. Uh, a quick note. On four is that the vision of two olive trees pouring out 
into a bowl on a gold lampstand point to the power by which Messiah's kingdom will be inaugurated, namely the power of the Holy Spirit. Zechariah should have known from Scripture that the symbol, what the symbols meant. Likewise, we become confused when we don't know what God's word has promised us. Again, we become dissolution or no confidence because we don't know what God's word to this world he has promised us, including the Bible. We discover the truth we need to understand, God's will for us, and the promises of God's power to help us as we follow his truth. Zerubbabel had a contingent of Jews to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple, but their efforts had been stopped by political opposition. They became discouraged and warned if God was with them. Here God gave Zechariah a message of encouragement for his disheartened people. They needed to remember that success was not the result of human strength or ingenuity, but a fruit of the Holy Spirit's power. With this power, the, the difficult task of rebuilding could yet be accomplished. We often become discouraged as we face the massive task of recovery, restoration, and staying away from sin and anger, especially when we experience regular opposition from people, emotions, temptations, and fear. But when we recognize our own powerlessness, hallelujah, God can step in. His power is more than sufficient for the task of recovery. And that's been the norm for me and the wife. When we are got overwhelmed with making pancakes, have to go up north, tend to this, tend to that, we'll just take time to surrender and say, Lord, we don't know if we can go to the right or the left, forward or backwards, Lord. We just relax and surrender in you. And somehow we, we achieve, at the end of the day, we achieve tasks and the Lord's power comes in to, to help. Amen. Th through prayer, through asking him. Like I said this many times before, when I used to drive truck, we worked 14, 15, sometimes 16 hours. By the time you unwound and got some sleep, your sleep was less. Every year was less. Five hours, six hours, four hours, three hours, less and less and less. And I would rely on three our fathers. And I would say them like if my life depended on them. And it did. Then I would have enough strength to cover the day, go to work five in the morning again. And I remember one particular day, the pouring of God's strength was so much that by two o'clock in the afternoon, I was waving to heaven. I said, okay, you can shut it off now. That's enough power. We got everything accomplished now. Honest, the truth, folks. All right, let's go back to chapter 4. Let's read chapter 4 and part of chapter 5, Zechariah. Then the angel who had been talking with me, Zechariah, returned and woke me as though I had been asleep. What do you see now, he asked. I answered, I see a go solid gold lamp stamp with a bowl of oil on top of it. Around the bowl are, are seven lamps, each having seven spouts with wicks. And I see two olive trees, one on each side of the bowl. Then I asked the angel, 
What are these, my Lord? What do they mean? Don't you know? The angel asked. No, my Lord, I replied. Then he said to me, This is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force, nor by strength, nor by my spirit, excuse me, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone on the temple in place, the people will shout, May God bless it. May God bless it. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Serubabel is the one who had laid the foundation of this temple and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Serubabel's hand. The seven lampstands represent the eyes of the Lord that search all around the world. Then I asked the angel, what are these two olive trees on each side of the lampstand? And what are the two olive branches that pour out golden oil through the two gold tubes? Don't you know, he asked. No, my Lord, I replied. Then he said to me, they represent the two heavenly beings who stand in the courts of the Lord of all the earth. I looked up again and saw a scroll flying through the air. What do you see? The angel asked. I said, a flying scroll. Scroll. I replied, it appeared to be about 30 feet long and 15 feet wide. Then he said to me, this scroll contains the curse that is going out over the entire land. On one side of the scroll says that those who steal will be banished from the land. The other side says those who swear falsely will be banished from the land. And this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. I am sending this curse into the house of every thief and into the house of everyone who swears falsely using my name. And my curse will remain in that house and completely destroy it even its timbers and stones. Then the angel who was talking with me came forward and said, Look up and see what's coming. What is it? I asked. He replied, It's a basket for measuring grain, and it's filled with the sins of everyone throughout the land. Then the heavy lead covered was lift off the basket. And there was a woman sitting inside of it. And the angel said, the woman's name is wickedness. And he pushed her back into the basket and closed the heavy lid again. Then I looked and saw two women flying toward us, gliding on the wind. They had wings like a stork, and they picked up the basket and flew into the sky. Where are they taking the basket? I asked the angel. He replied, to the land of Babylon where they will build a temple for the basket. And when the temple is ready, they will set the basket there in its pedestal. Huh. Nope. What I see about this right away, I saw the, uh, when the angel told Zerubbabel that 
he asked him, he goes, Serubabel's uh, it will become a level plain before him on chapter 4, verse 7. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Serubabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Serubabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, May God bless it. May God bless it. Isn't that amazing how uh, the angel used Zerubbabel's imagination of the final uh, stone on the top is similar to Moses when God told Moses, you and the people will worship me at this mountain. Moses asks, how am I going to get the people out of Egypt? And then God gives them a final picture of his destination. And it's the same with us, Lord. The same with us, Father. You give us our imagination for your purpose and for your accomplishments. As we see ourselves in that dream and that vision from heaven, we can say, we can shout out and say, May God bless it. May God bless it. The supply for it is not here yet. May God bless it. But it will surely come. May God bless it. If we desire it to, it will come. Amen. That's the resources that we need to accomplish God's task on our lives. And that's to be ready, able, capable to give the good news to the other person that's ready, able, and capable to receive it. Not everybody's ready, able, and capable You'll know in your hearts of hearts who's asking, who's ready. And since we're going to be prayered up already, and we're going to be calling on that person, it's going to be an easy transaction. Let's go ahead and pray the uh, the Jabez prayer so we can be ready when that person comes. We say, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my influence. That your hand of anointing be upon me. That you will cover me and keep me from evil. That it may not harm me. And God did what we requested. Amen. That is the Father's will. It is the Father's will. Amen. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to Revelations, please. Revelations chapter 14. Revelations 13 gave us a picture of the world under the tyranny of Satan and the beast. God's people were persecuted and killed for their alliance to Christ. Revelation 14 gives us a new image where Christ is king and God's people are vindicated. God has the final victory over evil. Hey man, there you go again. The, he goes, the new image God gives us that Christ is king. So that's the image that we're, we're going to hold in our minds. The Lamb standing on Mount Zion is a picture of Christ in Jerusalem. The capital of God's kingdom 
The 144,000 represent believers who have endured persecution on earth and now are ready to enjoy life forever with God. <clears throat> the first angel announced the good news to the world again, inviting all to believe. The second angel announces the destruction of the kingdom of Satan represented by the city of Babylon. The third angel announces judgment in all those who have rejected the good news. John tells us what all this means. God's holy people must endure persecution, patience, obeying his commands, and maintaining their faith in Jesus. But John's admonition is not new. It's not tailored to those specific circumstances. John's words are just as relevant to us as we follow the Spirit's leading. Obedient and faith are the defined characteristics of a believer's life. Obedience and faith. Revelations 14. Then I, John, saw the Lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him were 144,000 who had his name and his Father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a sound from heaven like the roar of a mighty ocean wave or the rolling of loud thunder. It was like the sound of many harpists playing together. This great choir sang a wonderful new song in front of the throne of God and before the four living beings and the 24 elders. No one could learn this song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. They had kept themselves as pure as virgins, following the Lamb wherever he goes. They had been purchased from among the people on the earth as a special offering to God and to the Lamb. They have told no lies. They are without blame. And I saw another angel flying through the sky, carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the people who belong to this world. To every nation, tribe, language, and people, Fear God, he shouted. Fear God, give glory to him, for the time has come when he will sit as judge. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. Fear God, give glory to him. Amen. For the time has come when he will sit as judge. Worship him who made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. Then another angel followed him to the sky, shouting, Babylon is fallen, the great city is fallen, because she made all the nations of the world drink the wine of her passionate immorality. Then a third angel followed them, shouting, Anyone who worshiped the beast and his statue, all who accept his mark on the forehead, on the hand must drink the wine of God's anger. It has been poured full strength into God's cup of wrath, and they will be tormented with fire and burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb. The smoke of their tormentors will rise forever and ever, and they will have no relief day or night, for they have worshipped the beast and his statue and have accepted the mark of his name. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently, obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write down, blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. He says, The Spirit, they are blessed indeed. For they will rest from their hard work, for their good deeds will follow them.
Then I saw a white cloud seated, seated on the cloud with someone like the Son of Man. He had a gold crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then another angel came from the temple and shouted to the one sitting on the cloud, Swing the sickle, for the time of harvest has come. The crop on earth is ripe. So the one sitting on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the whole earth was harvested. After that, another angel came from the temple in heaven, and he also had a sharp sickle. Then another angel, who had power to destroy with fire, came from the altar. He shouted to the angel with the sharp sickle, Swing your sickle now to gather the cluster of grapes from the vine of, of the earth, for they are ripe for judgment. So the angel swung his sickle over the earth and loaded the grapes into the great winepresses of God's wrath. The grapes were trampled in the winepress outside the city, and blood flowed from the winepress in a stream of about 180 miles, long and as high as a horse's bridle. Wow. Our imaginations. That's a lot of blood. Amen. Boggles imagination. Oh, we we uh, were to keep in our imaginations the word of God and His accomplishments. Note. Revelations. Two principles from this passage in Revelations. Let me see where are we at. Revelations, chapter fourteen. On the uh, the wonderful. Word of God, the New Living Testament. Patronate, please grab your Bible. Please buy the book from them. These people, these guys that put all this together, the, the committee just did a wonderful job, the translators, and the work that they did, and, uh, and their commentaries. In this one, on chapter 14, for the Recovery Bible, they say, in these verses, we see some of the blessings enjoyed by those who trust in Christ. Then we see the terrible consequences of rejecting Him. The deliverance that God offers us through Jesus Christ is good news. We are called to rejoice in God's infinite rule, praising Him for His great greatness. If we refuse to acknowledge God's rule and do things our own way, we are headed towards complete destruction. But when we persevere in our faith in Jesus Christ, God will reward us with eternal rest. Amen and amen. Praise God. All right, let's go ahead and read the Psalms and pray. May God, the first one you complain to, may God, the first one to complain to, Call for him to rescue you. Isn't that wonderful that we can go to God like King David and shout and scream and yell? You know? You know, I, I say to God, God, the supply for it is not here yet. But your word, you the promise of your words, you said it. I believe it. That settles it. It will surely come. If we, you and I, Lord, should have it, it will surely come. Amen. So constantly bombard heaven and ask for it. 
May God bless it. Thank you, God, for the things we go through in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And all of God's people said amen too. Amen. Psalm 142, verses 1 through 7. I cried out to the Lord. I plead for the Lord's mercy. I poured out my complaint before him and tell him all my troubles. When I am overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn. Wherever I go, my enemies have set trap for me. I look for someone to come and help me, but no one gives me a passing thought. No one will help me. No one cares a bit what happens to me. Then I pray to you, O Lord. I say, you are my place of refuge. You are all I really want in life. Hear my cry, for I am very low. Rescue me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison so I can thank you. The godly will crown, crowd around me, for you are good to me. Amen. What a beautiful psalm by King David, huh? Proverbs 30, 21 and 23. There are three things that make the earth trouble, tremble. No four it cannot endure. A slave who becomes a king, an overbearing fool who prospers, a bitter woman who finally gets a husband, a servant girl who supplants her mistress. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.